Welcome, everybody, to Craft Heads Podcast, episode 109. This is the podcast where my best friend Tommy and I talk about nothing. We sometimes have a topic, sometimes we don't always have a drink, with the exception of this week. There is no featured alcoholic beverage because we're featuring someone and something else. Uh, we're going to dive right in. Tommy's not with us this week. He wasn't able to make it. He's at dinner with some friends. Hope you're having a good time, Tommy. But we're welcoming back friend, neighbor, roommate, and son, James, to the podcast. <laughs> welcome back, James. Thank you, Alex. Great to be back. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome home. You just this past uh, four or five days yep. took a trip uh, well, you took a trip. Yeah. And I'm going to let you take it from here. I took a couple trips. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it Go was, for it. it was a blast. Um, so, okay. So what I'm about to tell you is my experience, my first experience with ayahuasca. And for those of you who do not know what ayahuasca is, it is a psychedelic drug that is very illegal. <laughs> Actually, it is very illegal, with the exception of uh, use in religious ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So there is a beautiful, beautiful place in Orlando, Florida, who has utilized that clever exception and formed a church called Soul Quest uh, around ayahuasca. And you can pay your money and go down there and sign waivers and become a member of the church and do it all you want so disclaimer right james has done nothing illegal correct i want to make sure that everybody understands that there is nothing illegal about it nope so uh i guess this starts um two years ago a friend of tommy's went to peru and did ayahuasca and tommy got a text from him with his trip report in sort of a long, weird summary. And Tommy showed it to me. He was like, whoa, look at this. This is crazy. So I was obviously super fascinated immediately. Like, what the fuck is this substance? <laughs> so, uh, so I started researching it. And basically, ayahuasca is a brew that is made from two different plants. One is the copy vine which is what the indigenous peoples actually call ayahuasca. And, and by indigenous, I mean the, the tribes of the Amazon. So this would be uh, Brazil, Peru, and Colombia primarily, with a, a little in Ecuador. Anyway, uh, so you have two, two plants, the copy vine, and there is a shrub whose name I do not remember. Uh, those two are brewed together into a very, very strong drink that you consume and you go into a psychedelic state for between four to seven hours. Uh, it is very strong. You do not need very much. Uh, what we received was basically half of a shot glass. Wow. Was a dose. Yeah. So you're talking an ounce or less probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I know exactly how much the the basic one. It is a tablespoon. Ooh. You get one tablespoon, <laughs> one and a half tablespoons, two tablespoons. Two tablespoons at once is like a lot. But anyway, uh, so so yeah. Um, 
I, I immediately was like, all right, I've got to go to find my way down to South America. I've got to try this. This is amazing, you know. Um, so just kind of put it on the back burner, forgot about it. Uh, my little brother Joseph randomly looks it up uh, right at one month ago. It's just kind of like poking around online. And he's like, dude, you can go to Orlando and do this stuff right here in the U.S., and I was like, well, let's go sign up. <laughs> so we immediately signed up Yeah, for one month. We literally set it out one month because uh, we just needed the time to prepare. Like, it's it's a pretty serious thing to go into, and it takes a lot of uh, mental preparation, uh, dietary preparation. Um, yeah, and just, like, it's not something you rush into. And that was this weekend when it came. So a little about myself. Uh, for those of you who are not very religious, this trip report is going to have a lot of religious undertones because I was raised very religious, and it's something that's very important to me. I may or may not have hypothetically consumed a hypothetical psychedelic substance in the past, mm-hmm. but that's all, you know, completely... Hypothetical. Hypothetical, exactly. <laughs> And was it a common thing it, that you hypothetically might have done? I, it's pretty common, yeah. pretty readily available. Yep. If I were to have done it, you know, right, uh, right, right around here, you know, yep, um, hypothetically, yep. And um, I will talk about this hypothetical thing by the name of turtles. Perfect. From here on out. So hypothetically, you could have had turtles at some point. I, totally. Okay. I mean, hypothetically, we understand. Right. Um, and hypothetically, my last hypothetical uh, experience with this hypothetical turtle uh, could have been a rough one. Mm-hmm. And I might have hypothetically felt, I don't know, estranged from turtles as a species. Okay. You know? Yeah. In, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um uh, by the way, uh, Turtle from Soul Quest, this came about way before I met you. No connection, humorously. <laughs> right, got it, yes. <laughs> Somebody I met. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a little backstory. Uh, both my, uh, my religious past and, uh, you know, different hypotheticals. So, moving on. All right, so, uh, Joseph and I arrived at this place. We drove down there on Thursday, uh, stayed in a hotel, uh, got up, showed up at the place Friday, you know, just making sure we were really rested and everything. Uh, we were, you know, you're like, naturally you're kind of nervous getting to a place, you know, you're like little butterflies in your stomach, especially something like this. Like it's just, it's huge. Like we've been, we've been like fasting. We went vegan for a few days. Uh, like we had to cut out alcohol. We had to cut out, uh, cannabis, we had to cut out, um, caffeine, caffeine, sugar, uh, meat, anything fermented, including such hipster things like, <laughs> like kimchi like, and, like kimchi and, and kombucha kimchi and, the and kefir <laughs> and the all those, those what, great what that, things. By the way, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but so that was really sad, but uh, but we did it. We we like we were like the cleanest we'd ever been. We had all of this like built up like intention behind it all, 
and uh, we're there, we're pulling in, we're so nervous. As soon as we open the truck doors, we, like, get hit by peace. It's fucking weird, dude. Like, instantly. We were like, I just feel, like, instantly calm. So, that was the first weird thing that happened. Alright, so, we go get our little instant COVID test and everything, which is actually like a, a finger prick. Like, they take a drop of blood from your finger, put it in a little thing, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, we get that done. Obviously, we're fine. Uh, going in. Um, cool thing. After you've been tested, nobody had to wear masks. Because we, we stayed there the whole weekend. Sure. We're all contained. So, it's like, yes, mask is gone. We're, in the uh, state of Florida, no yeah, less, which is extra special. Yeah, in the state of Florida, because we're like on a little compound. Ground zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, everybody is there. Everybody's there to stay for the for the whole three days. And, uh, yeah, everybody's been literally blood tested. So, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, so, we get all checked in, blah, blah, blah. All right, it takes a little while to um, to through the first day, because there's like so many orientations. We spend seriously hours in orientations from 3.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. were orientations. Hmm. Uh, it's a really cool property, like completely self-contained. There's forest around. There's They have like this giant round tent that looks sort of like a yurt. They call it a maloka. I think it's some sort of a traditional tent. And it's really cool where we were staying because... So how the how the building is structured, there's like a um, there's like an outdoor patio area, and uh, it's like a long hallway area, you know, with one one wall is just pillars open to the air, you know. So along that along that patio, there were like uh, there were mats, beds laid out, like literally one after another, and we're all just like sleeping, kind of like in the open air. We're underneath a a roof, but we're in the open air. So it's, it's really cool. Um, there's a fire pit out there that they lit at night, you know. Uh, it just it's, It was amazing. The whole setting was amazing. There's a little pond. Like, such a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're meeting all these cool people. Everybody's really cool. Just asking, like, you know, like, what? You know, what are you doing here? What's your journey been like through life? You know, everybody's exchanging stories. Everybody has different stuff, you know. Like, there was a dude there who had, like, severe PTSD uh, and was literally just coming for like healing. And there was, um, there were people who were just, you know, just generally searching in life. There were people who had tried to kill themselves multiple times, uh, severe depression, like all this, all this stuff, like all these problems. Some people just like wanted like a, you know, like, like new, new life, you know, like new, new vitality. And, um, I was really there because like, I've always, uh, I've always wanted a relationship with God, with the divine, and I spent a long time in Christianity with a very, very uh, deep focus and intent on knowing the divine, and uh, I had a like a falling out, you know, uh, back in 2015, I sort of lost my religion, it was really hard, I've gone into it with you before, but... Um, yeah, uh, since then, it's been a really, really neat journey, but uh, this was this was by far the culmination of that, yep. this experience. 
And and if I may, James, this is always an important distinction. Anytime we get anywhere near the topic on on the podcast, you lost your religion, but you yes. didn't lose your spirituality. No, no, not at all. Well, and for a moment, I think I did mm-hmm. because when you lose your religion, sometimes I think people throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, sure. and they think, well, if this was wrong or if this was not wrong, if this wasn't true to me, then what is true, you know? It's almost like going from religious to deeply existential. Yes. And nihilistic, like overnight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'm I'm sure lots of people have experienced this. We skip ahead, I guess, to 8.30 Friday night. That is the, that's the moment, that's go time. We, I'm like super excited to see the, the, uh, the brew because I've always been imagining like, what is this strange and yeah. creepy substance? What is it going to smell like or look like or whatever? So, um, they like, they have this traditional, uh, music, musician and shaman there this weekend from Colombia, And he's going to be like playing during the ceremony and he like blesses it and all this stuff so it's really cool uh he's got um he's got his guitar he's got a harmonica he's got a little tambourine and um and so they're they're going through this blessing ceremony they they go through a lot of ceremonies there's they they take it really really seriously the ceremony so we go through all the ceremonies we like file over get our little shot glass of stuff we all go back down to our mats so I'm sitting on my mat back to the wall and I can like see out, uh, out of the patio, out into the open air. There's, there's like palm trees around, there's the fire pit and everybody's like, you know, reclining around and everybody's like super like serious and like the tension, you can like taste it in mm-hmm. the air because yeah. everybody's like, here we go. You know, yeah. <laughs> we've all been waiting so long. And, uh, so the, 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 the brew itself. All right. I don't know how many of you know what carob is. It is a chocolate substitute from South America that does not contain caffeine. And it's, it's a little weird. Um, it's, it, I love it, but it's, it's not exactly like coffee. I'm sorry, chocolate. Um, but yeah, it, it literally tasted and smelled exactly like something made out of carob. And I think there was carob in it. I think they used okay. it. But uh, it was like, imagine you took something like... Um, date syrup or raisin syrup and you put carob and something insanely bitter in there with it and mixed it all up so it was like sweet and sort of chocolatey at first and then bitter on the aftertaste i loved it right probably because i was basically famished at that part because i hadn't eaten in hours (laughs) Mm -hmm. and before that all i'd eaten was a few raw vegetables so i was like thank god for nutrients it's like when we have our hot (laughs) lemon water whenever we're doing uh, like the juice cleanses back in the day yeah so it it hit tough it like it landed on my stump pretty tough i was like oh wow i feel like i'm gonna puke (laughs) that's something i haven't talked about with ayahuasca yet we're getting there it is 100 percent a huge, not a 100%, but it's it's almost guaranteed that you're going to puke when you take this stuff to the extent that everyone gets a puke bucket and there are scores of people all around as volunteers 
saints, angels who dress in white and flow about literally without touching the ground, collecting <laughs> puke buckets and helping you, getting you cold like napkins or, or uh, towels or whatever, um, like anything you need, helping you to the bathroom because you're completely incapacitated. <laughs> and so, yeah, everybody has their puke container. Uh, you're supposed to go through like this breathing ritual to make sure like you keep it down because like... It gets rough, and you got to keep it in you because, like, you know, if you puke immediately, you're not going to get any effect. You didn't even have time to digest it, you know. So, and you've had plenty of uh, of experience prepping with breathing exercises. So oh yeah, 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 right, right. Tip, you're yeah. like a pro athlete heading into well, this. Well, it, it's unique because um, my experience with holotropic breath work actually helped with this in a big way, and I'll explain why when I get there. Um, but everyone was supposed to set an intention going into it. And obviously my intention was to, uh, generally, was to meet with the divine, as audacious as that sounds. Um, and everybody had a different intention. You know, some people had small intentions, some people had bigger or more specific intentions. Um, but that was my intention. And another intention I had that was more of a subliminal intention that I really didn't let myself say out loud and I didn't tell anyone, but I learned about the concept, the Buddhist concept of bodhicitta, which has to do with bearing others' sufferings and basically doing work for others. And the idea is, if we are all leaves of one tree, like one human tree, what benefits one leaf will ripple out and benefit the whole tree. So if you are able to benefit yourself, you can benefit others directly or indirectly. And I was just, like, broken at the thought of so many people walking through life without really looking up or looking around or realizing that there's so much more to life. And I knew that there were so many people who would never go into an experience like this for whatever reason. And I had this intent that I would go into it for them, like bearing them with me, you know? Like Joyful in their participation place. in the suffering of the world. Yeah, what is that? I, I think that's from Buddhism. Nice. Uh, may, maybe yeah. not verbatim. But maybe that's what that means. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds exactly like what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, it must be. So that was, those were sort of my two intentions going in. And wow, was I in for a ride. <laughs> but not that night. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I sat there. Excited and nervous for my 45 minutes, about an hour maybe. That's about how long it takes to, to come on. And people are starting to react around me, I can tell, you know. And um, so I like kick back, lay down, close my eyes, and I can feel it coming on. It's starting to come like waves of sensation up and down my body. Uh, and I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. Here it is. So I close my eyes. And I start seeing wild visuals. But something like, um, not not what you would think if, if anyone has done like a 
a psychedelic, not what you would think of the visuals of a psychedelic, more of like a, more of like a fever dream, you know, like a very confused and foggy jumble of strange things just, just moving past you. And I felt, actually kind of felt like I was sick, like fevered sick, like just laying there, just like, what's happening you know but I but I I was conscious like I knew I knew exactly what was going on I never like lost that sensation of like who am I or Mm -hmm. where am I what am I doing so the visuals were pretty unique I had this this visual of all of these dead corpses floating upwards on their stomachs with their arms dangling down and they were all floating up, and I was one of them. I was a corpse, too, floating up. And they were, like, intensely vivid and graphic. And I remember thinking, like, if this were in a movie or something, it'd be, like, super scary. Mm-hmm. But it's I'm not scared. I'm just, like, weirdly intrigued by it. Like, like, it's so interesting. And that passed. And then suddenly, I'm on this little tiny jungle path pushing through the underbrush and in front of me and behind me are elves. And when I say elves, I don't really know what they looked like because I just had kind of the sensation of them. They were like very colorful little, little things, little small creatures. I don't, I don't even know. And they were, they were leading me along kind of like, um, kind of like in like star Wars when princess Leia is being, led by the Ewoks Mm -hmm. or also kind of like uh, if you've ever seen Princess Mononoke the Kodama Mm -hmm. are leading him along to the forest it was that sort of sensation small little creatures that were were happy and dancing along through the woods pushing their their, along and what they were saying was up here just a little further it's up here come on and I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going. Let's go. <laughs> and at that moment, I came out of it, the dream. It was like I woke up. And I was like, oh, shit. Let's, let's go back. So Just like waking up from an amazing dream. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That was the sensation. Yeah. So I'm like laying there. I'm looking around. It's beautiful. Everything's beautiful. Um, and uh, wow, you know what? I forgot to tell you something. I'm going to go back to when I was drinking the drink. I, uh, as I got the drink, because I knew if I were, if, if this were real, what I was doing, it would be as if I were carrying so many burdens of others into this dream. It would almost be like our Christ walking, doing something for others. And the verse came to my head Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I was holding the bitter cup in front of me. And then that's when I drank. And uh, as the nausea came on, I thought of the verse, uh, how, uh, oh, I don't know exactly how it goes, but he set his face like a flint, it says. And I was just like, no, I will not throw up. I will see this thing through. So as I came awake from this first fever dream, I looked around and it was 
I, I saw profoundly how the, the patio I was in that led out to this open courtyard looked remarkably like sort of a Middle Eastern or Roman like building, you know, with the, you know, if you've ever seen pictures, they have those nice, like, like, uh, like walkways with Absolutely. pillars and stuff. Sure. And I was like, whoa. And I saw all the, all of the, uh, the volunteers like angels because they're all wearing white. And I was like, whoa, the verse and angels came and ministered unto him when he was in the garden, like with the bitter cup. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. <laughs> so, so I get a volunteer over there because I got to go take a piss. So we like, we like go out to this, uh, to the, uh, to the bathroom. It's a little ways away. They walk me over there because, you know, you're like, you're done. You're, you're having trouble walking anyway. Uh, so I get done, come back to my mat. I'm laying down and, uh, uh two hours into it, they ring a gong for a second dose. If you need one, you can take a second shot. They call it a booster. <laughs> amazing so the booster is coming up and i and i know it you know they tell you beforehand so i'm like i'm like i think i'm gonna take the booster because i i'm coming down that's right a now. james move right there yeah i'm like <laughs> take the booster I, i'm coming down i'm really not feeling it like i'm i'm actually like i hypothetically know what a psychedelic trip could be like right. and i'm not in a psychedelic trip i'm this is like a mild dream you know i could I could just about create this in my head. So I lay back down and getting up and walking, like stirred it up a little bit. So I kind of like go back into it a little bit. It's, it's pretty deep. You know, um, I see a few things. I see some cool stuff. Uh, I see it like a, tr uh, like a deer with antlers, uh, could have also been from princess Mononoke, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the deer, forest spirit, like that's like silhouetted in the trees. And the I Coolio. saw, the yeah, rapper. right. <laughs> Coolio, the rapper. <laughs> uh, and I realized like the antlers were, there were two antlers and they're, and they're dualistic because they can protect and save life or they can attack and they can destroy life. They can be used for rutting and making love or they can be used for war and attack and violence. And it was, it was pretty cool. You know, I don't know. Dude, it wasn't long before this, we've had lots of conversations yeah. about duality. Oh man. That goes back. Yeah. It's such a cool topic. So yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, all right, that's neat. All right, so the gong rings. And I'm kind of in the middle of it, so I'm I'm a little unsure as to whether or not I should take the the booster because it's kind of come back on. And I'm like, well, it, it could take off. I've never done this before. I don't really know exactly how it works. So a voice says to me, don't take the booster. Be content where you are. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I really wanted to take the booster. It was like, the world is full of excess. You live in a society that just wants more and more and more. There is real beauty in, in less. Less is so much more. And it was a profound lesson. And it was a little tough because I was really disappointed. I had been waiting so long for this and I didn't get my trip when I thought I was going to. Mm -hmm. But to let you know, uh, there are three drinking ceremonies during the weekend. You drink three times. You drink Friday night. You drink Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. 
and you drink Saturday night at 8, eight o'clock again. So three of them, two of them in one day, yeah, which is that's crazy, which is a lot. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll have to wait till tomorrow morning's daytime session. And I know that's tough, but, you know, I'm just going to have to be a little more patient. So for the rest of the evening, I laid there and just just kind of enjoyed the, the goings on, watched everybody else tripping balls and puking and and everything. And, so you uh, never got sick the first night? No sickness. Awesome. None. That's great. None. There is a another practice that they do along with it. It is called hape or rape. It is spelled R-A-P-E uh-huh. with, an, with okay. an accent mark on the E. Oh, well, then it's, yeah. <laughs> yes. Perfect. And rape is optional. <laughs> but, I'm, not, I'm not even going to touch that one. Nope. Just continue. Hey, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> That was what they said. Yeah. I'm just saying what they said. <laughs> so what Rafe is, is they have a, a long little horn that's sort of, um, uh, it's, it's a hollow little horn that they put tobacco snuff into, mixed with other herbs. And they take this horn and they place it into your nose and they use the other end with their mouth to blow it up your nose. Oof. Uh-huh. Yes. So by this, you rape your nose. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say it sucks for the rapeist in that case. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, so. <laughs> and the rapee. <laughs> it really sucks for them. Yeah. Okay, so because after you have been hit with a fireball into your nasal cavity and you are repelled backwards in agony, they have to do it to the other nostril. No. Because you have to have balance. The purpose of this is to ground you. If you get way out there on a trip and you're really, like, freaking out or in a loop, like a feedback loop where you just can't, like, work through something, they can ground you with this. And... It's agonizing, but it really works. I, I watched somebody very closely as they wow. received it, and it was tough. And, like, the shaman came over, and he did his ceremony, and he was, like, he was uttering little things and, like, sending, uh, like, wishes out into the ether and stuff. And then he, he conducted it, and it was rough. And you puke immediately, at, right after recoiling in pain. But anyway, I did not do it. <laughs> Thank God. I didn't have the guts. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was the first night. I just watched everyone else, and uh, they all pretty much started ending about midnight or so. A lot of them who took the booster, it continued on a lot further. We mm-hmm. had very light snacks afterward, uh, like, you know, fresh vegetables and whatnot. Some... Uh, little like sweet potato chips and that sort of thing and uh and then we went to bed and can we have a short break because i need a drink of water yeah of course thanks the ambiance is so much better now i opened the window and turned the lamp on so it light yeah. lightened the whole yeah room this up. is perfect man so the only better. thing that would be even better is if it were in the middle of the winter and we had this fire roaring next to you Right. Oh, that would that be would amazing. Be, that, th- th- by the way, this is now the second fireside chat 
of the Craft Heads podcast. The first one was with David Thayer, the yeah. pilot, because we recorded it in here. Nice. So. I'm honored to take the place of second. Absolutely. <laughs> James, please continue. Where were we? Yes. Okay. Friday night is over. We all wake up Saturday morning. Everyone's telling their stories. I have very little to tell. I'm like, well, nothing really happened. You will see today at the Saturday morning session. So we have our morning yoga at 9 o'clock, which is great. It's really cool. We go out to this little uh, forested area right next to the building, and it is an oak grove, a live oak grove. And all of these oak trees have grown up in, in such a way that all of the leaves form like a half dome. What's that thing like they use in Alaska, not uh, Antarctica, to like house all of their equipment? It looks like half of sure. a sphere, like a geosphere. Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Something like that. <laughs> anyway, it, it looks like that. All of the leaves of this tree with all of the, the trunks just going up into it. And all of the ground is clear and open. And we roll out our mats and we're doing it out there. And it's just amazing. Such really, really cool ambiance. So we do our yoga. Great. Centers us, grounds us, everything. Then 10.15 comes. Time to have a second trip. We're going to do it outside in the open air in that oak grove. So we all get in place. The shamans bring out their stuff. All of the volunteers are there. Uh, We lay out mats. We settle down. We get our puke buckets. We get a little bit of water. Everything. We go up and get our medicine. When I get get my medicine, I, I walk up to the shaman and I ask him for one and a half doses. Which, or one and a half tablespoons, rather. Right. Which, I did that for two reasons. One, because... With one dose or one tablespoon, I didn't get really any effect. And for two, because this is a daytime ceremony and we're going to be taking it again at 8 p.m., they don't want you to, they don't want it to be prolonged super long because that booster will make it last a whole lot longer. You got to sober up and get, get ready. So for you the want next all yours up front. Exactly. No booster. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Just give it to me all. Let's... Let's, Give it to me straight, Doc. Yeah, let's... Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I get my one and a half. And I'm aware that it is cumulative in your system, you know. So it, I'm expecting a wild ride. But I feel like this deep peace at taking the one and a half. So we all drink. And I'm sitting there. And I'm enjoying nature. And I'm waiting for it to come on. I'm really anxious, you know, not 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 like in a bad way. Just it's intense, and it's it's heavy. It's heavy on the stomach. Um, I have really no intention going into this one. No different than before. Some people had changed their intention a little bit, you know, depending on how their last trip had been, what they had received. I'm still like, I'm back, you know same thing it's me you know (laughs) you know let's do it you know let's get back into this and i sit there and i sit there and i sit there for like 45 minutes an hour and i feel nothing and i'm looking around and people are starting to trip and people are starting to puke around me and i'm like what the fuck am i like some fucked up person who just doesn't 
get affected. I'm going to take like two or two and a half tonight, like, so I get an effect. So. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> very, very I wrong. I figured. And to be fair, <laughs> James and I have not discussed anything about oh, no. this. We saved it for the podcast no. in Craft Heads fashion. No. You, you know nothing, <laughs> just like any of you out in Spotify land or whatever whatever dear platform you were listening on. <laughs> uh, about, I would, I would guess, probably an hour or more into it, uh, it comes into effect. I happened to close my eyes one time because I'm just sitting there chilling, trying to stay cool and calm and just enjoy the moment. I close my eyes and instantly there is a red fox in my face who is licking me, licking my face, all right? And it is a tremendously real sensation to the extent that I feel his wet tongue and it tickles. And I'm laughing and trying to push him away. <laughs> and I open my eyes and he goes away. I don't see him anymore, but I can still actually feel his tongue on my face. And I can feel his wet nose. And it's actually a proportionally sized tongue. It isn't like a dog's tongue. It's slightly larger than a cat's tongue, which I imagine would be about the size of a red fox's tongue. Sure. So I'm laughing hysterically at this friendly fox who's like welcoming me into this world. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay, let's go. Um, all right. So from that point, the sort of the fever dreams start again. That's kind of how it began. I'm in this weird place. I'm with some person. I don't really see them. I don't really know who it is. I don't know if it was a man or a woman, but they're telling me something. They're answering a question that I did not actually ask in my heart or verbally or whatever you want to say, like telepathically to them. They're saying, they're in the middle of saying, the reason you cannot see who you are, who you truly are, is because to do so, you have to become a baby. And I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, I remember hearing about that and studying about that in some of the, some of the books I've been reading. It's called The Perinatal State, and it's sort of... It's in like psychology. It's like going back to the the root or the origin of the pain or or trouble in your life, and healing those wounds and those like as a foundation can have like a domino effect on all other wounds in your life. Like like sort of the theory is childbirth is tremendously traumatic, and it sort of scars us, so to speak. And then from that, that those minor uh, sorrows, fears, pains uh, lay the groundwork for everything else on our life. And to quickly shout out a book that I read on this uh, is a book called LSD and the Mind of the Universe by Dr. Christopher Bache, B-A-C-H-E, Ph.D., uh, it's also called Diamonds from Heaven as a sub note. But anyway, mm -hmm. profound book. 
on uh, altered states by a very, very intelligent man, if you're interested more on the topic. And uh, anyway, back to the story. So, yeah, he tells me you have to become a baby. And I was like, damn, I wish I could become a baby on some future trip. That would be, that would be amazing. Because I could then finally, like, work through these things. And, like, immediately, like, I start moving through these visions. And I see something super profound. And all of you are going to either, A, be blown away, or write me off as a lunatic. <laughs> because what I saw was my past reincarnation. I saw myself as a young African girl in a tribe. She was about my age, or I was about my age, like mid-twenties. And she was living in the tribe. I was living in, in the tribe with them. We were all, like, happily in peace together. And then we all, like, suddenly withered and died. And the, the meaning was that we had been wiped out somehow. Like, the whole tribe together had been destroyed, like, massacred somehow. And I, in my mind, it was like I became a tiny, naked baby, curled up in a ball, alone, forgotten, afraid. I was completely vulnerable. And I felt the fear. I felt like the, the sorrow and like confusion of where my mother was. And I just remember like crying like that. And at that moment, the, I came out of the dream. And obviously I was somewhat uh, in something of a, uh, a troubled state from that. And I'm looking around, and... Can I ask you a question? Yes. How did, how did you experience or internalize or realize that that was a past reincarnation of yourself? Or was it just something that you knew? Yeah, it was just something I knew. Okay. I, I was just curious. There's, there's no other way to explain it. Mm -hmm. It's just as soon as I saw... And to add a little more detail, it was... It was as if I was looking in a mirror. I remember vividly seeing the frame of the mirror that I was looking into. But the reflection coming back at me was female. Sure. It was a black female. And around me were all of the tribe. And it and I instantly knew I never even questioned. It was like That's me. That's me. Sure. I am that or I was that in the past. And, but the weird part of it, like you would, like in this, in our current position, that seems super profound and like super important. It didn't seem, it seemed like very matter of fact in the moment. Like I just accepted it very logically. Like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I wake up from this, this fear and this sorrow and this confusion, feeling desolate, feeling like, left lost where my mother is like 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 there's no one to help me 
and I'm looking around, and I need a helper. And obviously, all of these people are everywhere caring for everyone. But I'm tripping. Right. <laughs> so I'm looking around, and I can't find anyone. And I'm like, oh, where are they? Where are they? Where is everyone? And <laughs> I looked to my left where I thought one was sitting. They had little fold-out chairs. They were just kind of sitting. And this woman is crying. And I'm like, I thought she was a helper. She's like weeping. So she must, she, she's got to be on, on this. Like she must be one of the people tripping. She must not be a helper after all. Maybe I, maybe I uh, misinterpreted her as a volunteer. I look ahead and there is a woman up on the, uh, the main chairs up front where the shaman was. And she is puking. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then I look over to my right, and there's a guy in a line, and he's receiving the hape. And I'm like, what the fuck? The volunteers are taking the shit, too. We're all vulnerable. There's no one to protect us. We're laying here like babies, just waiting for something to come and kill us. Like, what am I going to do? And I start kind of panicking. So <laughs> I realize now that they were all using hape. And hape can be used with during the ceremony or not during the ceremony. It, it's something a lot of people do regularly in their everyday practice. And uh, it helps, um, it just helps with centering yourself and grounding yourself in general. Have we covered what hape is? Hape is, is rape. Hape, rape, same thing. Oh, you did say that. And yeah. it's spelled. Right, right, right. Thank it's, you. It's spelled R-A-P-E. Some people say hape. Got I don't it. know how you actually say it in the language, so it might be some sort of weird Exactly, but it's the same the thing we were sounds. talking about earlier. And if anybody else was confused, I hope my own ignorance cleared it up for you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The same, yes. So, I slowly come to realize that fact. That I'm Okay. And I kind of calm down. I look over. Joseph, my brother, is sitting right next to me. And he's, he's doing his own thing, you know, puking in a bucket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all right. I'm all right. I need, to, I need to calm down. I've done this before. I'm spiraling. Everything's okay. They're everywhere. Look over here. And I start seeing them. I'm like, you know, what, what are you doing? Come on. Snap out of it. So, so I just kind of like sit back. I'm just kind of calm, trying to calm down. Um, I'm watching this tree trunk. There's two lizards. Lizards everywhere because it's Florida. So lizards everywhere. And there's these two lizards. They're mating on the tree, like right in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck? What a, what a coincidence. Like I'm just laying here watching this. <laughs> what like, a coincidence. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's just like, it's, it would seem like such a rare thing just to sure. like, happen to see in such a state. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, this is, this is weird. This is cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just kind of chilling out. And I start feeling like pukey, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna puke. I need to puke. So I like I get up, I get my my little bucket. I'm like leaned over the bucket, and it kind of starts to pass. I'm like, God damn, I really need to puke. So they had told us that they had this honey water that they can give you. They can give you a whole glass of honey water, and it's supposed to that shock of water and sugar sweet on your empty stomach can help induce... It's like an emetic. Yeah, basically. exactly. Right. 
So I like kind of like raise my hand and this, this woman comes right over. Obviously they're right there. And I'm like, Oh, I need some honey water. So she goes off. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll be right back. So she goes off. By the time she gets over to where it is, I'm feeling great. I'm like, oh, I didn't need it after all. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> By the time she gets back to me, I'm like, oh, I gotta puke again. Yeah. <laughs> so she gives me the honey water. I'm like, here goes nothing. Drink the whole thing. It's amazing. It's honey and water. I'm like, this is just what I needed. I felt glorious. Like light shone and I was like, oh, felt wonderful i was like well, that definitely didn't do what it was supposed to do wrong so, say again I, I said wrong no, no really, so it really it didn't really reverse. like okay. helped me i felt great well i, I guess it <laughs> i guess at the end of the day it did help you then yeah regardless right, of what right, it really did. happened yeah so i'm chilling there enjoying nature in that beautiful place and i start getting heavy like my eyes start getting heavy and I, and I feel like I just can't stay up. I'm just so tired. I've got to like, I've got to just lay down. So I just crumple forward. I'm kind of sitting in like, like in a cross-legged position. I just crumple forward and kind of curl up into a ball and my hair like falls across my face. My glasses are all like messed up and stuff. Uh, hairs hanging across my face and all and I'm just like I'm like seriously out of it like seriously like if you were just had this high high fever it's just kind of everything's like a daze and so a little backstory um and this is slightly personal as a child my mom used to nurse me a lot like she nursed all of us rather than bottle feeding mm-hmm and when she nursed me, her hair would fall over my face. And it was like a super comforting thing to the extent that if she was next to me or whatever, uh, as a toddler or even as a little kid, I would try to put her hair over my face. And it was like a super comforting thing, almost like a, almost like a blankie or something. Mm-hmm. I realized at that moment with the hair on my face, I realized that both that experience as a child and the decision of mine to grow my hair out were both like divinely ordained and came together at that moment for this experience to create a, a situation of infancy in this moment, you know? Wow. Like, like this is like a, like a tool by which you will experience, sort of revisit your childhood, like become an infant again. So I went into this really, really dazed, muddled and confused, like series of visions and lots of visions of being a baby, being held, like being cradled and hugged and loved. And being nursed all of this stuff and I was just like real confused and I think at this time it's real hard to remember the order because you know you're real crazy I think the fear and the anxiety came back of being like a forgotten baby lost and, and alone so I'm laying there 
I'm feeling like really sad and and scared kind of. And that's when the amazing shit happens. I start telling myself, don't worry, the earth is your mother. You're laying on the earth. And the reason the earth is your mother is because you literally come from the earth. Everything we eat comes out of the earth from in one way or another. And when we die, we literally go back into the earth. So we are of the earth, like scientifically, whether you want to, you know, you can't argue that. Right. I'm like, the earth is actually your mother. Like, you came from the earth, so just relax. And it, like, takes a few times of telling myself that before I actually start realizing the the significance of that. And it starts sinking in. And I'm like, I am a child of the earth. I am actually a child of the earth. Like, there's no, there's no uh, argument here. Like, it's a fact. We all are. And I'm looking around at the angels, and I'm looking at each of these women. That, and by the way, the volunteers, who I keep calling angels, because I was tripping and it felt like they were. It was like 50-50 men and women. But I, I started noticing the women, and I started thinking, each of these is my mother equally, because they are all, we are all one from the earth. It's hard to explain. So I'm having these profound, profound moments of thought about, about the earth. The earth is just so beautiful. And I'm looking around at the trees. And I'm laying there. I'm just basking in the sun. And it's like I'm just laying on, on top of the earth. Like I'm a baby laying on the, on the breast of, of the earth. And it's just, it's just holding me. It's cradling me. And I feel this intense, intense love just washing over me. Like the earth is just saying like, what were you afraid of? I've been here the whole time. I'm right here. You're literally on me. <laughs> You're walking on me. Every day you walk on me. And I've, I've never, like, I've never stopped caring for you. And it was intensely, intensely profound. Intensely. I've never in my life experienced so much love. Nothing like it. It blew me away. It really, really changed me. I, I thought to myself, there's, there's nothing else left in, in life but this. Like, there, nothing else matters but this moment, this love. This is, this is truth. This love is truth. Because there's no, there's no falsehood in true, perfect love. When you really love someone, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's just, just that love. So that goes on for a while. I'm enjoying myself. And I start getting the sensation that I'm tired. I need to, uh, I need to get up. I need to kind of like, kind of, I'm ready to come down from the trip. And I remember 
like vocalizing that through like through my heart, speaking through my heart, not no not not physically with my mouth. I remember telling that, saying that to the earth, because there it was just me and the earth. It was like there was nothing else. It was just her intense love, and and me. And it was literally I saw myself because I went into my first trip with the intention of Christ-like, being like Christ-minded. I saw myself as like baby Jesus, and the earth was like Mary holding me. And I realized that every time Christ or us, every time we die to ourselves and die uh, metaphorically in our lives, we are reborn back into a new life as baby Jesus. And then we grow and we learn until that point where we die again. And it's a cycle of death and birth where we're always growing more and more. And that may not make complete sense to everyone, and I don't know how that jives with uh, with traditional religious uh, beliefs on the topic, but that was my sensation that I had. So I direct this intention toward toward the earth, saying, I think I'm ready to come out of this state. And she says to me, get up, sit up, and start stretching. Do some yoga. Stretch. It'll, it'll help move the thing along, you know? So I sit up on my mat, and I start stretching. And as I start stretching, the shaman stands up and rings the gong, the gong during the daytime ceremony, because there isn't a booster, means that you've gone the four hours. The trip is officially over, but lots of people will still be feeling the, the medicine. So those who are have come down are free to go in and have lunch. Everybody who's still experiencing the medicine can stay as long as they need. So... As the gong rings, and I realize the significance of me saying I'm ready for it to end, her saying get up, and the gong ringing for the ending, I'm like, like she literally told me it was the ending, basically. And it was just, like, I was blown away. Like, like what? She knew. Like, she knows this. And at that moment, she said to me, I give you the gift of yoga. And I was speechless because I'm terrible at yoga <laughs> and I haven't especially liked it for a lot of my life. I'm sort of liking it a little more, but I know nothing about it. Like it's an ancient tradition that probably goes back 2000 years. I don't even know. I need to learn that. And she's handing me the gift of yoga, like giving a baby a toy and just saying, here you go, play with this old phone or something, you know? Like, I don't even know where to begin, but it's like, I know that it's within my reach because it's mine. It's like an inheritance. 
Like if, like if a child were told by his father, like a king, were to say, son, all of this land is yours, he would be like dumbfounded, like, I can't rule a kingdom, you know? But like, at the same time, he has confidence because he's, it's been given to him. He has purpose. He has clarity, you know? And that's what I felt. I was like, I can now confidently learn yoga. Because it's more than just saying, I want to get in shape or I want to learn this practice or whatever. It's like, it's a gift to me. And I just fell back and, was, and said, what a gift. And I was just blown away by just how profound it was. And I just... I'm just laying there on my mat, reveling in the beauty of the world and just how wonderful this love is and how wonderful this gift is. And I'm saying to myself, like, what did I do to deserve this? It's just so much. Everyone else is having these hard trips and I'm having a wonderful time. And then like kind of a cloud passes over and I realize, not a physical cloud, a cloud in my emotions, passes over me and I realize that it's two o'clock or after and we're going to have another ceremony tonight and it, it seemed so ominous the nighttime the darkness and I'm laying there in the sun and the in the trees and we'll be back under the patio at night and I don't want to say I dreaded it but it was like a it was like a very very serious hard obstacle ahead of me and I just kind of like, I felt like grim in the face of it. And she immediately said, you don't need to drink tonight. Pass by that ceremony. And I thought like, oh, okay, I will, but I'll be missing out. And she said, don't worry. I'm going to give you everything you need in this one ceremony. So I, I just fell back. I was like, I'm going to... I'm going to just trust her. So I'm just sitting there on my mat like a little kid, like completely carefree. Like the earth has me. The earth is taking care of everything. I don't have a care in the world. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just chilling out, like just loving life. And if any of you have seen a Netflix show called Midnight Gospel, it's put out by Duncan Trussell. The cartoon character in there, his name is Clancy. And there's a specific scene in episode two, the first of episode two. He walks outside of his house, the character does, flops down in a chase lounge with a cup of coffee, and he's listening to the radio. And in my recollection at the time, I remembered him like wagging his feet from side to side. I rewatch it. He's actually has his knees, like his feet pulled up. So his knees are up in the air and he's like wagging his feet, his knees back and forth. You can watch it for a little more clarity. And I remember watching that initially. I was kind of struck by that, that one little scene. And I thought like how youthful it seemed for a, a depiction of an adult character just to like be like carelessly like like almost doing like a childhood sort of thing. Like like it was very childish looking. 
And I almost envied it because there's like so many people in life like you'll, that you'll meet. They can be 70 years old and seem like a, like a kid still in their like mannerisms and their, in their mind. Like Steven Tyler is a good example. Like if you see him in interviews, he, the dude's like 80 or something. And, and he looks like he's 160. He does. But <laughs> if you listen to him, he sounds like a teenager. Yep. Like the dude is just so youthful. I'm like, how, how do some people get that? Like, I want to be that. So I'm sitting there and I'm like wagging my feet, like clancying it up, you know, just under the sky, just like loving life. And the earth says to me, I give you another gift. I give you the gift of Clancy. I was given a name. I was given that name and the sim the, the the meaning of that name was that I was free to stay youthful in my mind and in my spirit even into my old age there was no reason to grow old and calloused and uh, stubborn and hardened as I grew older like I was afraid I would be I could stay young and youthful and the that gift of being allowed to do so was just so freeing because i think we all sense like we owe it to ourselves to grow up and be serious people who are responsible and blah 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 pay the bills you know that that all that boring shit <laughs> all that <laughs> bullshit yes and like to be a kid because we're kids of the earth there's no need to grow up. Like, sure, we can be responsible with our with our personal lives. That's not what I'm saying at all. But our spirits can stay youthful. And it was just so profound. I was so, so overjoyed. Cause I, I secretly I loved that character. He was like he was almost like a little like like a fan of mine yeah, or not fan. What's the word I'm looking for? Like he was, he was like my little role model, I guess you'd say. Like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like, kind of be like, him. it's just really stupid to admit the cartoon character. I guess it was subliminal. <laughs> Clearly it was. <laughs> I, yeah. Right. Um, and by the way, I'm not changing my name and I'm not going by a different name. I, I see it almost like more of a, uh, if any of you have heard of the expression, a shamanic persona, which is like a sort of a, of a, a personality you take on in important states, like altered states of consciousness. Anyway, I almost see like that's that's like a like my shamanic name, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really clancying it up. Yes. <laughs> Meaning like wagging my feet around, just like chilling out. I'm a little kid, you know? Like I'm I'm really a little kid. I'm just like loving life. I like I I think um I like fall back on the ground and I'm just like just like uh reveling in like everything, the beauty, the love, the life. Just like life everywhere. Just so wonderful. And my hair just like spills back all over the ground. And 
and I saw my hair. I didn't see my hair, but I, I saw it, so to speak. It became the mycelium of mushrooms. And if you don't know what mycelium is, it is the, the, the hair-like roots of the mushroom plant that you see, that, that you don't see underneath the ground. So it's basically everywhere. It's all over the ground. Like anywhere you go, there's going to be mycelium. It's just that mushrooms pop out here and there occasionally. So they can reproduce. Exactly. They're just for reproduction. My hair became like mycelium. And this is completely unrelated to the potentially hypothetical experience I hypothetically had. Nothing to do with turtles. Nothing to do with turtles whatsoever. Because the earth said to me, and I'm going to paraphrase what the earth said slightly, I give you the gift of turtles. You... You will use turtles wisely. You will be able to have special gifts with using them to learn, to grow, to see things in, in a different way, and to become a better person for yourself and for those around you. And that was just so wonderful because that was an answer to one of my smaller uh, intentions. Intentions going into it, yeah. So I'm overwhelmed, man. I am overwhelmed. Like, how can you even take any more gifts? Mm -hmm. Like, I just kept repeating, like, so many gifts, so many blessings. Like, what did I do to deserve such a great trip? Everyone else is working through hard problems and finally comes to peace at the end of the trip or something. And, like, I'm just, like, I'm just loving life, like, Wow. <sighs> okay. Um, where do we go from there? I think I was crying a little bit there because I remember rubbing my eye and I noticed like how baby-like my hands were. I saw them like, no, well, like tiny <laughs> hands. James has yeah. oven mitts, by the way. I have very nuts. large calloused hands for work. <laughs> but in my in my visuals, I saw them as tiny pink hands that were super super soft, like baby hands. And I was just like, yeah, I am a little kid. I'm like the little child of the earth, like completely carefree. And then I noticed my eyes because I had just rubbed them. And the earth said, I give you the gift of your eyes. And I understood immediately what it meant. So, I have always felt like the path of humility is the best path. To be the monk, to be the ascetic, who does not partake in any good thing, and or any delicious or delicate thing, who abuses himself and looks ugly purposefully so that he can become more spiritual. And I always, like, resisted it. Like, oh, one day I'll get there, but, oh, man, I'd re I really don't like it, you know? But, like, one day I'll get to that place in my life where I can shed soft and comfortable things and take, take the whippings. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I... This sort of translated into my contacts. I wear contacts, and 
every time I wore contacts, I would think to myself subliminally, not even consciously, I would think subliminally how this was a vain activity that probably was harmful for my eyes, that I should probably be wearing glasses like good righteous people. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I have never enjoyed myself in glasses. So that's a negative for me. I, I feel like personally, I like myself without glasses because I started wearing glasses at 12. So I, you know, I had already kind of become a person, so to speak, without glasses. And then I had to start wearing them. And I was like, oh, I hate them. I hate myself. I look so ugly. All this stuff, you know. And when she said to me, I give you the gift of your eyes, it was freedom to wear contacts without guilt. But more so than that, it was freedom to become beautiful and to be beautiful and to be the beautiful person I want to be without any cloud of judgment on myself. Not that wearing contacts or wearing glasses, one is better than the other. Like that's It's for you personally. It's Yeah, right. It's completely about freedom, liberty. And it was so wonderful. I was just laughing out loud, just just laughing, man. It was so wonderful. And I had this huge smile on my face. And then I realized I was smiling. And like immediately she says to me, I give you the gift of your smile. And so my smile is huge. I've never been ashamed of smiling very large since since I like since I went through puberty and was like in the really like awkward stages, like obviously everybody's like, like super weird at that time. <laughs> but after that, like as an adult, like I love smiling, like that's just my thing. But I've noticed it a lot of times in pictures, like I way out smile people and I almost feel like <laughs> out smile. <laughs> I feel like I'm smiling too big for the occasion, so to speak. Like it's almost like a dorky, humongous smile <laughs> for <laughs> For the okay, everybody else is smiling like softly and serenely, and I'm like over there like hey. there's like a psychopath <laughs> in the background. Yeah, I'm like, like he killed them three I'm minutes like, after this picture. I'm too happy, don't like tone it down a bit. You're like drowning everyone out. And she said to me, "I give you the gift of your mouth, your smile, you because you have a reason to smile. You are a child of the earth, and you understand it." And it was so profound. Like it was like a it was like a secret almost that I had. Like I could go through life smiling. And every time I smiled, it was like a little secret pact between me and my mother that I knew her. And it was just so cool. Oh man. When you would hear from the earth. Yes. Was it hearing like orally through your ears? Was it hearing in your heart, in your mind? hearing in my heart. I guess you would say telepathically. Yeah. But it was was as profound and as clear as if it were actual words. You and and I talking to each other. Instantaneously, I knew exactly what she was saying. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have the gift of my smile and I was already laughing. And at this point I'm really laughing and I'm just like, (laughs) 
she, I remember saying she's blessing everything. Like there's literally nothing she's leaving out. So I went, what about my nose? Because like we skipped that, you know, going from hair to eyes to mouth. And she was like, all she said was, it's beautiful. And I knew by that, that it was, it was her approval on me all over. Like I am beautiful. I am a beautiful person, regardless of what we look like. We're each beautiful creatures. We are children of the earth. We're beautiful. And we should revel in that. We may not all look like movie stars, you know, but, and, and we go through life judging ourselves like that. We look at some people and we say, oh, I wish I was as beautiful as they are. We look at other people like, oh, I'm glad I don't look like that hag. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just perfect freedom to like, to like, I'm beautiful. We're all beautiful. So I'm reveling in the beauty. I roll over. I'm playing with dirt with my hand, literally just like looking at the dirt. I'm looking at little leaf I found, this dead leaf on the ground. I like zoom in, my vision zooms, and I'm looking at the molecules of the leaf that make it up. And hence. And hence, exactly. (laughs) I was like, and hence this leaf. (laughs) See the molecules? (laughs) And it was really, really cool. And I felt like, uh, like a toddler, how a toddler explores its environment. Everything is new and unique, and it's just trying to get a get a feel for all of the the visuals and the sensations and the and the um the feel and the taste of everything i'm just like everything is new i need to relearn everything because i've brushed over the entire world because i'm always in a hurry to do something and i've never stopped and actually seen it so i have so much to do and it was such a cool thing to like get to relearn everything and as i'm playing through the dirt and just like playing with it because so we're underneath all these trees and the earth is like really spongy you can actually like touch it with your finger and it will like depress a little bit and it literally like you can kind of push the dirt up and down very very lightly like literally like a like a quarters like a quarter or half dollar amount Mm -hmm. of dirt and i'm just fascinated by that i'm like i never took the time to realize that the ground flexes like the earth is so soft that you can flex it with your one finger if you're light enough but we can raise skyscrapers on top of it and it will support their weight and i was like Mm. my mother is soft as a as of like a like kid gloves but she's strong strong enough to like protect me and cherish me and raise me and show me the the right way and that was tremendously wonderful so at that moment she said i give you one more final gift i give you the gift of the gardener and by this i give you proof of the previous gift of turtles. And let me explain. If I were to have 
indulged in turtles at a time. And if my first experience were profound, I may have been told that we are all gardeners on the earth. That we are here on earth to tend the earth like a garden, watch over it. Sometimes that requires uh, hard work and even killing plants, but so much more it, it requires caring for and nurturing and raising the plants and the animals around us. We're gardeners. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. We're not doing a real good job at that, but that's, that's our purpose. That's our, that's our job as a species, I feel. And it was a, it could have been a very profound experience if I had had it. But by this, she, she said, this is proof of that previous gift. I am the same spirit that came to you before. It's like a confirmation. And I, and I knew it was just perfect. And that in and of itself was wonderful. But then I said, but wait, I'm an electrician and I kind of like my job. Like, I don't really want to leave my job. How does this practically work? Because like, sure, it sounds great. I'm a gardener, but like, what am I supposed to do with this? She said, you will understand day by day, year by year, what it means. But for now, you need to start at the smallest possible point. And that is bringing plants into your space, into your room. Bring potted plants into your room. Care for them. Because that is, it's a very, very small, what's the word? Uh, responsibility. It's a very small responsibility. But that's where you start, is small. Go fix my balcony. <laughs> <laughs> we... We have lots of plants in the balcony. We're Tara and I are really struggling with it. But the good news is mushrooms have rampantly taken over all yeah, of them. So it's maybe so you weird. can go talk to them and help us out. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. And immediately I said, like, I have had negative results with potted plants. I cannot grow potted plants. And she said, it's going to be hard. It's actually going to take you learning things about plants. You're going to have to research biology. Like, yeah, soil pH, how how a plant grows, each species, what they like. Do they like sandy soil? Do they like clay soil? Whatever. And it's going to take a lot of discipline in remembering. You're going to have to remember to water it. You're going to have to remember to take care of it. You're going to have to look after it every day. And... I profoundly felt the the impression of a mother lecturing a child about getting a pet. Like, you're going to have to take it out to walk. You're going to have to feed it. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to love it. You're going to love this pet, but it's going to teach you things about responsibility. Like, there's a big world out there, and you need to learn responsibility. And this is a little tiny thing. And then she said, don't worry, I'll take, I'll help you. I'll be right, right there and I'll help you along the way and I'll show you exactly what you need to do. So that was just amazing and I was so excited. Like, I just, I can't wait to go get a plant. 
and like just start raising it, like taking care of it. My little plant, you know, like my little dude. So I was just, just, it was unspeakable. Like just so many gifts, so many gifts, like so many blessings. To, to summarize, there were seven gifts I received. The, the, Should I, can I try this? Do it. Okay. The first gift, hold on. The second gift was, um, was the second one Clancy or the yes. third one? Uh, the second one was Clancy. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this on my hands. Eyes, nose technically, or yes. no? Yep. Eyes, nose, mouth, and smile. Mm-hmm. Um, Clancy, turtles. Yep. <sighs> and then I'm forgetting the first one, which is probably the most important, and this is killing me right now. Because I, I haven't mm, listened okay. to somebody talk this intently in... I. I have never talked this intently in my life. You know me very well. Yeah, yeah. I have been a very quiet person all my life. I have been, I literally say this with all my heart. I have been born again. I feel like a new person. I, first of all, we were just, we're sitting on a yoga mat. So yes, we yoga. Are. Yes. <laughs> and you just said you you feel like you've been born again. And I, I have to tell the listeners this. So... Tara and I were sitting on the balcony whenever uh, James got home today. And we can see when people come in and out of our building from our balcony. And I was like, you know, we we were <laughs> waving at James. And I said, the prodigal son returns. And then I said, do you feel like a new man, James? And, you know, he was, I don't want to say he was bounding down the steps, but he was coming down them very happily and just, you know, there was nothing stopping him. And as soon as I said those words, I stopped him dead cold in his tracks. Yeah. And he looked up at me and said, I was going to say those exact words. Like, presumably he was going to come in here and say, I'm a new man or whatever. And like, I, I just said it. And James and I have a weird mojo connection where we steal each other's thoughts from time we have, to time. We have amazing mojo. Yes, we, we really do. do. Mojo indeed. What and just so we don't keep everybody waiting what was the seventh what am i forgetting the seventh was plants the plants. gardener the, the, the gardener so okay. so yeah to just to summarize them the one we just talked about the the gift of yoga the gift of clancy the gift of hair the gift of eyes the gift of nose the gift of mouth and the gift of the gardener did i get them all yeah i feel okay. like i didn't say hair though so maybe i hair missed one i don't know would be turtles I did say turtles. They're, yes, you did. Yeah. Okay, that's they're, right. They're one and the same. Got yeah. it. Mycelium. Yeah, they, it's like they each have a name. Yes. Yeah. Wow. The, by the way, hair. Um, I have a slight receding hairline, which has always subliminally bothered me. And I think I mentioned the other day having, uh, like a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. having reoccurring dreams about clumps, like whole locks of hair coming out. Because I'm low-key worried about going bald. Because I have pe- people in my family are bald, and I just anticipated it. You know, I was just like, I'm going to grow my hair out until I go bald. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if... I, I doubt this one. And I, why should I doubt anything? Because, like, everything has been so profound and so, like... Everything has seemed to come true and come together. But I got the impression that my hair was 
like here to stay and I shouldn't cut it. I definitely heard that. But that's like super worries me because like I don't want to be one of those creepy old dudes with like who's like completely like you're bald, bald on top. but yeah, but you still have hair down your back. Yeah, hey man, it's so weird. Take creepy. it day by day. So like I'm really like I. You might have I to disobey your mother on that, that one. one, and I was like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I'm not so sure if that's gonna happen. So wow. we'll just we'll just play that one by. That's a long term kind of thing. Wow. Anyway. So yeah, those were the seven gifts, and I seven, seven literally yeah. seven. What a special number! Yeah. yeah, and I just I couldn't I couldn't stand it. There were so many more. I mean, so so much like there's so much that it's like how can you take so much so much in at one time? And I kind of felt like that. Like I can't even keep up with them all. Like how am I even going to remember all of this? There's so much. I have so much to write down. Crafted's podcast. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're immortalizing it right now. Well, don't worry. She said to me, don't worry. I will help you remember them by this. I'm going to embed them into your necklace. I'm wearing a necklace right now. And you'll probably see it on, a, on the image for this. I bought this necklace randomly off of Amazon. It was a dumb purchase. I was like, oh, this will be a cool thing to wear. It makes me look hipster and uh, it'll be fun. But every time I wore it, I felt like it doesn't have any meaning. It's just a dumb accessory. I have another necklace that is a uh, like a silver cross necklace. And every time I wore it, I felt like I would look at the cross and I would think, like, I want to know... I want to know truth. I want to see truth. You know, like, I want to see more. I want to know the divine. Have a true relationship. And it had meaning, like, every time I wore it. But this one had nothing. It was just, like, kind of a dumb thing, whatever. But I liked it a lot. So she said, I'm going to embed these seven gifts. I'm going to basically enchant this necklace with the seven gifts. And as she said that, a blast of white energy came out of the sky and blasted into my necklace. And I'm serious. This It would have been like slightly smaller than a plate, like a dinner plate. Maybe about the size of like, you know, like the small dinner plates or like the little like side plates you always get in a set. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like the ones we have. Like, like six to eight inches yeah. in diameter. Something like that. It was about like that. Just like blasting down. And I was intense. It was real intense. And I was like partially blinded. But it just lasted a couple seconds. And then I was like, oh, look at this thing. Like I have, I have like an enchanted necklace. Like literally I was given seven gifts seven fucking gifts to me and then they were enchanted in a necklace are you kidding me like like i i don't even know i don't even know how to express my joy at this what a what an amazing amazing thing so obviously being a little kid like clancy 
I immediately go, what about this? Hold up. <laughs> I'm wearing a, uh, a little bracelet and it is uh, some like little gray stones with like little lines all through them. And they are on a, like an elastic band. They're all is that strong. that thing you bought? Yeah, randomly. randomly bought it at a quick trip from this really cool dude who's like skateboarding along with wild, wild clothing. And I was like, that dude looks so wild. I've got to go check him out. And <laughs> check him out. <laughs> he was selling bracelets. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a bracelet. He was like, this one has energy in it. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, whatever, you idiot. <laughs> but I'll buy it anyway. I was like, but it's I'll a cool 10. bracelet. So I'll buy it for five bucks. So I bought it. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Needless to say, my my uh, opinion of energy has changed drastically. I would talk about energy tongue-in-cheek before now, and I genuinely believe it. That's actually, that's why I asked everyone to leave your phones out of the out of the room. Because I was really, really trying to focus on this because it's such important stuff. I really, really wanted to, like, be completely clear-headed. And I feel like uh, a lot of, like, technology has, like, a lot of negative energy because there's a lot of stuff out there you know and it's like a channel of a lot of stuff and i just wanted to make sure there was nothing like muddying my mental uh like waters so that i could talk completely clearly about this it's really important so i hold up my bracelet my my, my arm i'm like what about this <laughs> and she goes I can enchant that too just touch it to your necklace and it will get a little of the energy into it so I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. So I like, touch them together. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's being enchanted. <laughs> like a little kid. I was like a little kid the whole time. It was amazing. The gift of Clancy. Yes, the gift of Clancy. And I'm like, oh, but it's going to break. It's just on like a little, uh, just on a little elastic band. It's already starting to wear out. It's not the best quality. Like, it's going to break. And then I'm going to lose it. And she said, it is going to break. And you're going to get rid of it. You're just going to like cast it away, you know, like anything else that breaks. But when that happens, every one of those beads are blessed with these seven gifts. And they're going to go out into the world and they're going to bless the people they come in contact with. And there's a lot of beads on here. So now I get to enjoy it as long as it lasts. But when it breaks then I have even more enjoyment because I get to send them out into the world. And it's just amazing. So I just was reveling in everything. Uh, quick, quick, funny uh, interlude. Somewhere, um, somewhere before for the first gift of yoga, so before the session officially ended, and we were, I was just like enjoying things. I started getting like a tickle in my throat, and we're outside, and I'm in an altered state, so I'm not like completely focused all the time, and there are gnats everywhere because it's Florida, and I'm like, oh shit, I swallowed a gnat, and he's like in the back of my throat, and like that's gross. <laughs> I'm like trying to like clear my throat, swallow, cough, whatever. It's not going away. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to drink some water. So I sit up, I drink some water. Ah, it doesn't go away. I'm like, wait, it's still there. 
I'm like coughing. I'm trying to uh, trying to clear my throat. I'm like, uh, what the fuck? And then I go, wait, this is a spirit caught in my throat. It's like caught right here in my throat. Like, <laughs> damn it, I have a damn spirit caught in my throat. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah, it's super annoying when you have a spirit caught in your throat. So I'm looking around for a volunteer, and I'm like, I'm going to ask him, like, you know, you have honey for, if you need to puke, you have, like, uh, lemon and salt if you need to uh, come down a little bit and clear your head. You have the hape if you're having a bad trip. What do you have for if you have a spirit caught in your throat? Because, you know, it's kind of annoying. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but it's kind of annoying. And before I... <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so before I find anyone... I realized, oh, the spirit is actually my spirit. And it was just, it's just a, like a byproduct of my spirit and my body being somewhat separated from the altered state. They're kind of coming back together. So it's just sort of like, I can actually feel the spirit in my throat. (laughs) So, um, it it goes away quickly and I'm like, all right, God, glad I got that done because that's annoying. And, uh, oh, by the way, there is a Manfred Mann's Earth Band album called The Roaring Silence. It's the album where the very famous song Blinded by the Light comes from. Uh, there is a kind of the album song, I guess you'd say, is called Waiter, There's a Yawn in My Ear. It's an instrumental song. And I remember thinking, like, I completely get that song now. Waiter, there's a yawn in my ear. Like, yeah, I get it. I had a spirit in my throat so it makes sense <laughs> doesn't make any sense but you know it it does it it, it does but it, it does but it doesn't right so back to where we were all right i was just laying there just basking in it all loving life loving everything when um wow what happened next one little thing that happened. I saw my fingernail and (laughs) all the way around my fingernail, the the cuticles, uh, they were made of teeny tiny little miniature feathers all the way around. It was like my fingernails were feathered. And all she said was, don't pluck the feathers. And I have a real hard problem. I have a problem with picking my fingernails. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stop. Maybe I need Just to go like do that. ayahuasca. Just, stop. Just yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was like now, like instead of being like, oh, I shouldn't do that. It's like, you don't want to like damage the beautiful little feathers, you know, like, yeah, it was really cool. What else happened? That was the majority of it. I'm trying to remember if I missed any poignant points. Basically, from that point, I very slowly came down over, like, a couple hours and just slowly, slowly came down, just in utter and complete bliss. Utter bliss. Just ecstatic. One thing did happen. In the middle of that ecstatic phase... I was just laying there on the earth under the sun, soaking up the rays. When I looked at the sun and I said, wow, I've met the earth so much. On this trip, 
I wonder if I will meet the sun on the next trip. And the sun went, what about now? <laughs> and I went, oh, shit. I thought, was I thought I was coming down. <laughs> so oh immediately I'm like right with the sun. There were no visuals really other than looking at the sun. But it was just like it was right there. And it was it was a very masculine energy. And I knew that it was intensely powerful, dangerous, even deadly, but also strong and wise and healing and nourishing. And it was just really cool. And that was that was really was that was all it was. Like I really didn't get any further. Like a to be continued. Yeah. I yeah. like the uh the distinction between masculinity and femininity it though, was between it was the sun and the earth. Intensely clear. Intensely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't even know why, but it was. So here's the big question. Did you pass on the third dose? I absolutely passed on the third dose. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I I wanted to wait until you were totally tapped out of this particular, the second dose. I was told in no certain terms. No uncertain terms. No uncertain terms. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no certain. <laughs> I was told in no uncertain terms that I was not to take it. And I trusted that implicitly because there was nothing else to do but to trust. There, there was no room for anything else. Right. Like, yeah, like, like, what am I to know anything about this strange substance and these strange states of mind? I just, I just trusted it. And I was, I was in heaven. It was amazing. Did, uh... I'll, I want to talk to him offline, but did Brother Joseph do all three? Joseph did two. He also completely, uh, apart from my decision, decided not to take the third dose for very different reasons. Yeah, sure. Um, he had a very tough trip on his second one. He was faced with a lot of struggles, and he was faced with a very hard ego death. And he still has work to do, but he was in a very um, weak state after all of that. It was like a lot of work, and he just didn't have the stamina to go back in mm -hmm. on the same day. Yeah, sure. So he chose to take the day off, and um, and just we just we just rested that night. We While everyone else was conducting the ceremony, we walked away from the group, and we just went down by the lake. We just sat on a bench by the lake at night, looking at the stars and just talking. Talked for hours, like until 10, 11 o'clock. It was really nice. And he had a profound experience as well. I mean, he, he, he saw and experienced a lot of very neat stuff, but that's for another time. I can't tell his because I wasn't there. Sure. <laughs> I guess... Before I ask one follow-up question, is there anything else that you have to add or to recollect from your experiences that you want to tell the listeners or tell me anything? The only thing I really want to say is ayahuasca may not be for everyone, and it definitely is very dangerous for people who are bipolar or schizophrenic. 
but it is tremendously profound and powerful. Anything you've heard about it, it's it's worth the hype. There's really something there. Yeah. So I think we all know the answer to this question. Your first intention. Yes. Did you achieve it? Yes. That's what it sounded like. Yes, I did. And this is this is an interesting distinction that I've had to work through. We have a we have a concept of God in monotheistic religions. The the wise old man in the sky concept, uh, point of view, which states that God is a an entity outside of the apparent universe, which is all matter, all energy, everything we can interact with. God is something is a unique and separate entity outside of that who created this world that we live in and affects it positively or negatively, however your beliefs may be. And that was generally my uh, opinion of the divine before this. Before and after um, my deep dive with Christianity, uh, even afterwards, you know, I, I... saw God out there as someone that I really wanted to experience and know. And this didn't change that, so to speak. The way it changed was that God is not separate from his creation. That is my fundamental takeaway about God. God is not an entity who reacts with or to the universe that we live in. God is the universe and the matter, the energy. God is the sum of everything. If you take everything, including nothingness in space, all of it is God. Because there is nothing without God. So in that sense... The earth is God. We are God. We are God. The sun is God. Everything is God. Now, to to raise yourself up on a pedestal and say, I am God while other things are not God, like, you know, if you had this God complex, you're going around saying, like, I'm God, that, that's completely wrong because you've missed the whole point. The whole point is everything is God the good, the bad, the the beautiful, the ugly, the the hard, the soft, everything. It's all self-contained. So for me to meet the divine was to meet everything or anything within the divine. To meet everything may be possible in some in some way but you would have to be very i think you would have to be this is all speculative i think you would have to be very wise in altered states and you would have to have gone very 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 deep but i don't think it's really is possible actually um now that i think of it more because god is infinite everything things are infinite everything is infinite time is infinite space is infinite everything is infinite 
you cannot experience infinity to its completely because to experience it completely obviously is not infinite right so for me to experience the spirit of the earth so profoundly was experiencing god but experiencing part of god there is a there's an old um poem and i don't know the whole poem like by heart, but it, basically it is about uh, seven blind men who are experiencing elephant. I don't know if you've heard it. You've heard it? Yeah, yeah. Right. So basically uh, one of the blind men goes up and he touches the foot or the, the leg of the elephant. He's like the, an elephant's like a tree. And the second one goes up and catches the tail and says, oh, the elephant's like a rope. The third one goes up to the side of the elephant and says, oh, the elephant's like a wall. And then the fourth one goes up and says, the elephant's like a trunk. Or uh, the, finds this, the trunk, he says, the elephant's like a snake. And then uh, the fifth one goes up and feels the um, tusk and says it's like a spear. And then the sixth one says it's like a, he finds the ear and says it's like a fan. I don't remember, maybe it was just six, I don't know. But anyway, the point is, we all experience God in our own way but we, none of us experience the entirety. So we, we get a perspective of God that may or may not be skewed. We may understand a little more of the elephant or a different part of the elephant, but none, none of us have really seen the whole elephant. So I felt like I saw a different part of the elephant, so to speak, you know? Or maybe I saw a much larger chunk of the elephant because the earth is, contains everything we know. Every religion is contained within the earth. Every belief, all of it. But Except for Scientology. That, that came right, that's, in gold-plated DC-9s. <laughs> <laughs> that's way out there. I'm, I'm actually, this is a <laughs> ecumenical episode of the podcast. I'm actually not shitting on anything, but I... <laughs> I had to throw that one. It was too easy. Very ecumenical. Yes. I, I have become very ecumenical from mm -hmm. this experience. Everyone experiences God in their own way. And I would not go ever go so far as to say I worship the earth. Because that would be audacious. And that would say that the earth created everything, which scientifically and logically just doesn't make sense. But the earth is much larger than me. And I heard a definition of spirituality one time. It said, spirituality is how you interact with those spirits that are large, or those things that are larger than you. And that's exactly what I was doing. I was interacting with something much, much larger than me. The earth. Yeah. James, I I threw in I threw in just a couple of questions, when and if appropriate, you know, so we didn't get on to another topic or whatever, but I personally have nothing to say that can possibly bring any more insight to what you've already shared with us, except for I want to thank you personally 
both both from me and on behalf of the listeners and the podcast as a whole and Tommy, thank you for sharing your beautiful story. Thank with you us. for letting me ramble for so long. It was amazing. I just it, I, it, I can't believe how long we've been sitting here. I can't and, either. I can't believe how much I've been talking the last few days. Uh, it was time for me to shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Thank you, James. Yeah, can uh, can I go pee before we go to the insane asylum? Before you admit me? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you may go to the restroom, and then we'll get you in the paddy wagon with a straight yep. jacket, and we'll, yep. we'll be off. Do you think you'll ever do it again in your lifetime? That will was I, a good follow-up Will question. I ever do ayahuasca again? Depending on the circumstances, I don't know. It's, I would say it's very likely, but I don't feel it's necessary because I have a lot of gifts and I have a lot to do in the meantime. So maybe maybe so. Maybe it'll come to that. We'll see. Yeah. yeah Who okay. knows? Maybe you'll master those seven things before you thought you were ever going to, and then you're like, I need yeah. a new assignment. Yeah. But you don't need one now. You have one. Right. Well, and even between having a bad time and a good time, you had a good time, so you can quit now and you're ahead. And then <laughs> you don't have right. to deal with a bad time. You're like, well, I had a great time. Yeah. It was great. Wonderful. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks again, James. Thank you, Alex. Thank you.